was getting ready for bed, I heard this word about your mind. And, and instantly I heard that your mind is your friend or your foe. And uh, as I was getting ready to, to just make a couple of notes, I, I felt like, well, I did a series on victory for 2014. And there was a part of that series that I talked about the mind and how important the mind was. And it was as if I was reminding God what he had already shown me and what I was doing. And instantly, this is the thought that I had in my spirit. Do you want to do what I want you to do, or do you want to do what you want to do? I've had that before when I've had a word. So I believe this is a word from the Lord. How's your mind? Um, intact. Intact? Is it? Is it not? Now, you realize that everything you've ever said to me, about me, or with me, or about events, I have it all cataloged in here, so it can be part of an illustrated sermon. Yeah, I know. So, it's so, a risk. so, <laughs> so, how's I'm your mind? Is take. your mind your friend or your foe? It's or? my friend, uh-huh. unless I entertain things I shouldn't. Aha, aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you think with your mind? Yes. Okay, very good. Uh-huh. All right, go ahead. Most of the time. Go ahead. What do you uh, got? First Thessalonians. I want to read this to you because God. God created you. You're Turn taking your up the whole, say, pl- the whole thing. I am not. I, okay, here. Yes, you are. I see how this is working. <laughs> uh, I knew this was maybe a risk, but just hold steady. 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 5, it says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace, everybody say the God of peace, himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body everybody say spirit Spirit. soul Soul. and body Body. we're a three-part being we're a three-part being and you know sometimes uh not all three parts are in agreement how many of you had that happen you know i mean your mind is thinking one thing your flesh your body is thinking another and your spirit is in there very quietly saying something that's contrary like my husband preached on sunday to maybe what the other two parts are saying until you're saved you are led by your flesh how many of you believe that till you're saved once you're saved there's something on the inside of you that tries to pull you away from that flesh now your mind is the battlefield of where that all takes place and so um, i know many people have written books on the mind because that's really where the battle is, is in the mind. It, our spirit gets saved. Our mind does not. Our mind does not. But our mind can be renewed. We're going to talk about that. But your flesh will never be renewed. Your flesh is always still going to crave the, the things that are in this world. It's tempted all the time. The Bible says that it's tempted. And so you, we have to recognize now, wait, who is in charge? Spirit, soul, or body. And God knew it because he said, uh, this is what he gave in the word of God in First Thessalonians. Paul said, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body, the soul is the mind, the will, the emotions, that part, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God knows how he made us and so he helps all three parts. I mean, helps us take care of all three parts. But we have to recognize that how many of you have ever said that was just not me and somebody says yes it was you well it was you maybe in the flesh you in the carnality of your mind or it was you by the spirit 
and we have to make that choice on a regular basis. That's a good word, honey. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> How often do you operate with a renewed mind? 24 hours a day is what we're given, so. I don't do that. Oh, you don't do Sometimes that? Sometimes I don't operate all 24 hours. <laughs> How many of you have had that happen? Yeah. This is what the Lord has been showing me. <clears throat> the people of God are not ready for what is about to happen. And I know the Lord is giving me a message regarding the end times. And I know we have some of you that really study the end times here in this church. But if you're getting ready to uh, uh, do something that is really strenuous and really press on, then you've got to get ready for it. Does that make sense to all of you? Uh, if you're going to take a test, you've got to be ready for that test. Jesus went to the wilderness to get ready for what was about to happen. And he passed the test. And he came back with the power and the authority and the dominion. Now, this is good news. It always gets quiet when you say that. So turn to your neighbor and say, this is good news. We're going out of here with the rapture, with victory. We are, we are going out of here just like the children of Israel came out of Egypt. We're coming out with the wealth of the world. We are going to be blessed tremendously, but we are going to have to be ready for what's about to happen. Right now, we're getting ready to enter into June in Florida. Nobody in Florida is believing, I'm sure, to be hit by a hurricane down there. But what they have is hurricane preparedness. They will have seminars and meetings all throughout the state of Florida, and they're going to get ready for a hurricane. They're not believing for the hurricane, but they're going to get ready for it. I believe we need to get ready for Matthew 24. I think we get ready for 2 Timothy chapter 3. I think we get ready for what's about to happen, and then if it never happens the way we think it will, during our time on this earth, praise God. But if it does happen, what are we? Ready. We are ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to be ready. Now, the Word of God says that we are to present our bodies, Romans 12, 1 and 2, as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. And not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me all ask you an answer with boldness. Who is responsible for renewing your mind? Turn to your neighbor and say, now I know what the problem is. Yeah, I know what the you problem. are responsible for renewing your mind, not your mate, not your in-law, not your outlaw. We're responsible ourselves. And if we don't keep our mind renewed, this is deep teaching. If we don't keep our mind renewed, it will not stay renewed. No, and uh, you'll find out that whoever you're depending on to help you keep it renewed, they're not going to be with you 24-7. Mm -mm. But the Word of God is. Yep. If it's hidden in your heart... The Bible says in Psalm 119, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that's really the, the, the part we have to rely on is what we have hidden in our heart. What we have put in there is what's going to come out. And, you know, I encourage my husband. He encourages me. But sometimes uh, in ministry, and we've been in it a long time now, uh, we both get discouraged at the same time. So now what do we do? How many of you know discouraged people don't help the other person? Because, you know, then you begin to rehearse how bad it is. How many of you have ever, ever had a how bad it is party? You know, and if you don't have, it makes me upset when he tells me it's not that bad. But that's better than him saying, yes, it is. It is that bad. Because if he starts getting in agreement with me, because we're married, we have a power to a nth degree that we would not have separately but when we put that together and then we begin to speak those things then we really have a lot of 
problems. And over the years in ministry, a long time ago, God told us, your marriage does not belong to you. It belongs to us, um, to the Lord, you know, to Holy Spirit of God, to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what we say is what you do. And you, don't ha- you cannot protect a church and be in disagreement. And there's a lot of people. There's a lot more people than just family in the natural. There's a big family in the body of Christ. So you have to stay in that place where you're united by the Spirit, and you have to keep your mind focused on those things that God tells you to think about. Now, if you don't get these things in order, then your mind's not going to stay renewed. Number one, it's the Word of God. No question, it's got to be the Word of God. And I'm amazed at how many people, really, it's, it's probably not many of you, but I'm amazed at how many people in the body of Christ do not know the Word of God. If you do not know the Word of God, you're not ready for what's coming. Number two, you've got to know and understand the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then number three, you've got to develop discipline. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you now. You, you, you've got to develop discipline in your life. And you've got to develop, number four, self-control. Now, God has given us all of these things. But in this world that we live in, the television set is your enemy. Turn to your enemy. You can watch something good on television, but it's an enemy. It'll take time from you. All of the new technology, oh my goodness, can it be used for the glory of God? Certainly, but it can be used to keep you occupied 24-7. Your mind is full of a bunch of stuff that is up there that you don't necessarily want up there. How many of you would say that's true about you? And what happens is what you put in your mind is going to come out of your mind. Your mind must be renewed 24 hours a day. Now, I believe personally that the devil is walking about as that roaring lion, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And he's coming around and he's looking at your mind to determine if your mind is strong and, and it's conformed to the things of God and if it's strong and going to repel him or if there's a weakness in your mind. Now, all of us have a weakness in our mind if our mind is not renewed to the things of God. So what happens then is when the devil comes about to knock to see what's up there, if he's, if he, if he is respond, was that funny? I see people laughing. I didn't mean to, I didn't. It's okay. I just love to touch your head. I know you do. Mash it all down. I forgot. Oh my goodness. I forgot. I'll hear about that tonight. (laughs) We don't have that worry. This is not original with me. I'm just repeating what I've heard. Some heads God perfected, some he had to cover. <laughs> in Isaiah in Isaiah Don't chapter get distracted. Don't get distracted. In Isaiah chapter twenty six, verse three, God would not have given us this word if he didn't want us to live it. And it says that those who's, who is, is, are, uh, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. That word stayed means totally focused, totally focused on what God said. Now, you're no different than we are. You will encounter some things from time to time that just don't line up with the Word of God. Can I see all the hands of the people that have had that happen to them? (laughs) But God speaks to us, and He gives us instructions. This is an instruction manual. This is a prayer journal of what God, I believe, is speaking to me. So when I look at this, this then becomes my Bible, my Word, my foundation. I know what God said, so therefore, that's what is going to be feeding my mind. I know God said it's going to be all right. Sometimes you just need to know that it's going to be all right. God shows us it's going to be all right. And then you want to know how. God doesn't tell you how. He just says it's going to be okay. Pam and I were watching last night 
Share a, a video by Sharon Doherty. It was uh, uh, what was it, like a camp meeting of singers yeah. and she people. did a hymn sing night of the old hymns, like when Brother Roberts was on the Ealing Crusades for the older people in the church because the new music's so different. So she held a like a Bill Gaither night. Have yeah. you seen Bill Gaither on television and they all sing? And she did that and she had people singing and. It was really good. She was singing. Uh, she was telling the story about Jesus calming the waters yeah. and that uh, uh, peace be still. Yeah. When he said uh, uh, peace be still and the disciples were all upset, she said, now when my when my husband w- was was alive with me, sometimes I would get so emotionally charged about things and he would just come up behind me and he'd put his, and I'd say, what? she'd say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he'd come up and say, Sharon. Peace be still. She said, yes, honey, yes, I know that, I know that. Now, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we gonna do? <laughs> it was so classic Sharon Doherty. It was just, it was just wonderful. But, <clears throat> but our mind is a battleground. But God said, you, you can have a peaceful, perfect mind if you keep it focused on me. What did God say? And, and there are times when, you know, I'll do that. You know, you get emotionally charged. I'll get emotionally charged about something and say, well, what did God say? And it always kind of frustrates the person who's trying to make the point of being emotionally charged. Right. Correct? We won't go any further. All but of you've lived there, right? <laughs> but that's why we have each other in the body of Christ, to edify, exhort, you know, to speak the truth in love. Uh, the word is the truth to hold people to that place of safety. Everybody say safety. There's no safety in confusion. There's no safety when we begin to get uh, fearful and all those things start coming. So it's very important that we hold each other accountable to the word of God. And uh, I, I was reading in um, Faith to Faith this morning, and it was Brother Copeland, and, and um, it was about the entrance of God's word brings light. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 119, that's 130. The entrance of God's word brings light. He said that's insight. How many of you know that when you're looking for insight in situations is a real temptation time to start meditating on what you think rather than what the word of God says or what God has said or what you know God has told you and now you're walking out being tested in that area. Every week in VBI in Tulsa, Uh, we would have young people who would go home from class so excited, four hours of class. And by the the last one was chapel, always everyday chapel service. And they go out of there just higher than a kite. And then the next day they come back and they crashed. You know what happened? They got tested on the word that they learned that morning. And so that, that entrance of the word would bring a light or insight, but then we had to walk out that that insight. And this is, I thought this was so good. I'm going to give you this. It says head for the light. Everybody say head for the light. And the answer you need will dawn on you. Everybody say will dawn on you. (laughs) And you know, sometimes it's in that place. uh, and, And as we go further here, talking about wrong thoughts, you know, we have to have the thought of God on every situation that we face because God's thoughts are not always our thoughts, but they are the thought that will take us to that place where we can go above the problem and not be underneath the problem. And when we don't take that high road, so to speak, and let the light dawn on us, you know, it's not in just beating the floor and crying and screaming that God's going to answer you. I mean, you can do that, but it's when you focus on the light 
that there's just a dawning of truth that comes, revelation, if you want to call it that, that comes and wakes us up and gives us insight into that situation. And then there's peace. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and it's verses 3 through 5, and I'm going to paraphrase some of this, but the devil does walk about as a roaring lion, and we know he's been defeated, but he does have power. He has as much power as we will give to him. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it's talking about how we must pull down every stronghold that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. The devil is trying to convince you that what he wants you to know is truth. Does that, does that make sense to you? Everybody say, the devil is real. The devil is real. Now, in James chapter 3, verse 16, and this is what God, I shared some of this Sunday, but, but if you are not seeking the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and seeking God's will for your life, then you are a self-seeking person. Does that make sense to all of you? In other words, you're trying to do it yourself. Where God wants you to do it His way, we try to do it our way. If you're trying to do it your way, separate from God, you are a self-seeking person. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not a bad word, not a bad word. but it'll get you bad results. <laughs> because what happens to a self-seeking person, and there are a lot of self-seeking people in the body of Christ, they want it done their way instead of submitting to the obedience of the Holy Spirit and do it his way. In James chapter 316, this is what it says that a self-seeking person will have in their life confusion and every evil work. And what happens to a lot of people in the body of Christ, they don't realize it, but all of a sudden there is confusion and there is almost every evil work going on. Stop and think about that just for a moment. Every evil work. You can't even describe what that must be like. But that's what is waiting for a lot of people that do not have their mind renewed. But if we'll get that mind renewed and realize, see, the average person, and I know you've heard me say this many times in this church, the average person thinks about twenty to 30,000 thoughts a day. From the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, the devil wanted control of the mind so he could get in and, and quash, squash the spirit. And that's what exactly happened. He took care of the spirit of man in the Garden of Eden. Now, right now, the devil is trying to get hold of people's minds, and he's bringing situations and circumstances against you to try to believe something that is contrary to what God wants you to believe. How many of you know that's true in your own life? It's something that's coming, and you're feeling it, and you're sensing it, and it looks real, but you know, if you come to your senses, I should not believe that. I should not think that. But yet you are starting to think it. You have to think it before you believe it. But if you think it long enough, you will always believe it. And that's where I believe in that James 3.16. Confusion and every evil work is coming into the body of Christ. The devil wants to destroy the body of Christ. If he destroys the body of Christ, then he's going to have clear sailing. The body of Christ, by and large, in my reading, has pretty much been destroyed in Europe. Europe is a, is, is a horrible place right now from the standpoint of the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ going on. In other nations, that same thing is happening. They're trying to do it in this nation right now. But the most important thing for us is to make sure that we're going to take this mind, and it's going to be our friend, and we're going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, uh, a lie is most always a partial truth that plants into the mind and eventually becomes truth to the person, but it is a lie. How, how many of you have ever known anyone who got deceived? Uh, there's no way once it gets to that place, the Lord has shown me over the years that talk 
uh, that's why it says avoid uh, vain conversations that of arguing of doctrine and things with somebody because until the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit, can, can get into that place, and that only comes by us praying and tearing down strongholds. Everybody say tearing down strongholds. Now, we do have a right to do that in the body, I mean, in the body of Christ. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so we have authority to take care of things, but not in a talking, because that requires reasoning. Everybody say reasoning. And once a lie becomes a truth to the person who's deceived, then there's no amount of reasoning that's going to turn that because it is a stronghold. Everybody say stronghold. And that's why it says in, this is 2 Corinthians 10, 3, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh or according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. Everybody say arguments. See, that's where the mind begins to argue with itself. Now, you may say, well, you know, I, I don't argue with myself. Just think about it for a minute. How many of you sometimes, maybe you're getting ready for work in the morning, and you're having this argument in your mind? How, how many of you got two opinions? Uh, you know, that's, that's an argument. That's the, your thought life fighting against what your heart is saying, usually. And so, unless your heart remains stronger than your thought life, then you're going to have an opportunity in that situation. It goes on and says, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every what? Every what? Thought into captivity. How many of you know it's hard to get a hold of your thoughts? Now, captivity means you got it trapped and it can't get away. And that's the thought God wants you to have. But you actually have to trap it. Because if you don't, it, it's going to fly away and something else is going to be there instead. And uh, I, I know that more intense the battle, the harder it is to take captive, everybody say captive, every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, get your thoughts in line with what the Word of God says and not what we see, not what we feel, not what we think, and, and not what other people are saying. And then it says being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you know when you're not doing this, you're in disobedience? You know, I've, I heard, I've heard lots of people preach on three through five, but not a lot of people talk about six. It says in uh, Hebrews, is it 12? Consider Jesus. Everybody say, consider Jesus. I cannot tell you the number of times in the last six months God has said to me, consider Jesus. Consider Jesus, and it says, consider Jesus who endured such hostility from sinners. And, and it, it has to do with when God wants to, to free you from something, if you do not cast down that imagination, it will trap you, and you will be caught, and you will never get free until the Spirit of God delivers you from that situation. It's called a stronghold. And, and I've found over the years when you pray with people for deliverance, um, the thing that they allowed to put them in that position holds them in that position when originally they were able to control it. But then at some point it flipped. And that thing that became a stronghold took control of them rather than them controlling it. And when that took place, that is, that is a stronghold that has to be broken. And it says strongholds are first established in the mind. 
in my commentary here. It says, that is why we are ready to take every thought captive. Behind a stronghold is also a lie. Everybody say a lie. There's always a lie with a stronghold, a place of personal bondage where God's word has been subjugated to any unscriptural idea or personally confused, what, what my husband just was talking, belief that is held to be true. Behind every lie is a fear, and behind every fear is an idol. It's, it's, a, it's a process. Everybody say it's a process. It says, study to show yourself approved, a workman worthy to rightly divide the word of God. It's an absolute must, the word of God. The word of God will show you where you're going down the wrong trail. But if you're in that place of a stronghold, you have to begin to cast down. It's an imagination. It is an imagination. It's not truth. Even though you may think it's truth, it is not truth. I had that happen in my life once. And I had a friend, everybody say a good friend, will tell you. And this friend came to my door and said, the Lord told me to come and tell you, you have believed a lie. That lie that I was believing was unraveling my life one step at a time. And it was a scriptural lie because there was scripture to stand on to cause that to be truth in my mind. But it was a lie. Everybody say a lie. And so the, the wisdom, the, the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God, the word of God, they, that won't let that happen if you'll revert to that. But I, I agree with my husband. In the body of Christ, the body of Christ is not ready with the word. Not ready with the word because the word is sharp. It's living. It will deliver us. It will keep us. But we have got to know the word. You know, when you were talking about Hebrews, uh, that, uh, about obedience, it goes on to say uh, if you don't do those things that you were talking about, uh, you, you'll become discouraged in your soul, yeah, in your mind. Weary you, you, you will depressed. actually discourage yourself. And it's the devil propelling it, but you actually discourage yourself. And what happens when the devil starts to come in? He starts to get thoughts going on in your mind, and then, and then, he, and then the thoughts become rapid. Now, I find, and, I'm, and I know this always sounds funny when I say this, but I do find that some women have more rapid thoughts than men. How, how many of you women have a lot of rapid thoughts when you're under attack? It's just like, whoa, whoa. And then we guys look at you like, ooh, I don't know. How, how many of you guys just seem dumber to box of rocks when they're flying <laughs> off the handle? It, because you don't know what, you don't even there. Well, part of it, now part of it, I, I know this sounds silly, but part of it is that, that supposedly research, books that I have read, said that the average person thinks about 20 to, uh, to 30,000 thoughts a day. I know I don't think that many thoughts. No, and I know it always sounds funny, but I'm, I just don't think that fast. My mind doesn't go like that. Hers does. Her mind makes me tired being around it all day long. Now, not always, not always, but sometimes it's like... I multitask the multitasks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you say that? Pretty hard to do. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. And, and sometimes it's, I'm sure you think, mm-hmm. don't you think anything? And sometimes <laughs> I think, do you think everything? And, and You're and, reading and, my mind again. Yeah, yeah. And, and now, it doesn't make her bad or me bad, <laughs> but it means that if you are charged by God himself to cast down every thought, that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ, you're going to be busier than I am because, <laughs> because I got a whole lot less thoughts to cast down than she has because she's thinking a whole lot more. If she, if she thinks, if the average person thinks 30,000 thoughts a day, 
I'm probably about 10, maybe five. She's got the other 20, though. <laughs> now, that's not a bad thing. I do, I do, I do. But, I but, what I, but you all understand what I'm saying. The more thoughts you think, the more you have to examine your thought and determine, should I be thinking that thought or not? Eve did not examine her thought life or she wouldn't have thought the way she thought. But she started to think the way the devil wanted her to think. The devil wants you to think what he wants you to think. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is deep teaching. That was brilliant, Bill. God wants you to think (laughs) what he wants you to think. That's how deep he is right there. That's it right there. (laughs) Now, I want to show you. Now, I want to show you the scripture. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. I would take a thousand words to tell you that, and he just took how many? This is, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's true. I saw this show the other day. I did. It's not that good of a show, but I did see a part of the show, so I'm not even going to tell you what it was. But this woman comes in, and she's just babbling about all this, and he said, the guy looks at her and says, you're telling this to me because? <laughs> I've always wanted to use that line. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to hear you're, it once. You're time. telling <laughs> me this because, or why do I need to know this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think for some people it takes them longer to explain what could have been explained in three or four words. Go yes. that way. Versus, well, let me tell you why you should go that way. Or I, know. Place. I know. Now, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. This is this is one of her this is one of her father's favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. How many of you have a problem with anxiety in your life? Okay? Now that is contrary to the instruction manual. This is an instruction manual mm-hmm. and it basically says we should never be anxious for anything. If you have anxiety or anxious thoughts, it's because you're thinking wrong. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you're anxious, you're thinking wrong. If you're anxious, you're thinking wrong. Now, some people want to defend their anxious thoughts by saying, well, you don't understand. No, lean not to your own understanding. Go to the instruction manual and read what does it say. And the instruction manual says that we should think like God thinks because he wants to lead us. And it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Then the author says, and in case you haven't got it yet and you don't understand it yet, let me tell you a little bit more. Finally, my brethren, and I think he means the sisterin too, don't you think? That's Hello. a bad word, sisterin. I learned that. Is sisters, the, just say sisters. Sisters, okay. Sister Finally, brothers, and especially sisters. That, that's probably how he write it today. <laughs> Finally, brothers, and especially sisters, whatever things uh, that you think. Now, this is what you're supposed to think, I right? Know. Yeah, I'm thinking. Are, are you thinking? Okay. Whatever's true, noble, just, pure, lovely, has a good report. Boy, there goes a lot of thoughts right out of people's lives right there because you're not going to think some of the things you think. If it's a good report, if there's anything virtue, that's dunamis, powerful in it, then meditate on that. And if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on that. Otherwise, don't meditate any of that stuff. I'm adding to Scripture a little bit. But it says meditate on these things. And then if you do that, this is almost like a drum roll. If you do that, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me and do those things, then the peace of God will be with you. Your mind will be renewed 24-7, and you'll begin to walk on this earth the way Christ walked on this earth. And you know what that means. You can only think about the Word. 
because it's the only thing that's true and noble because circumstances in the world are not like that. And that's why every time you get in those situations, you got to go to the Word. Because what, even the way you see people, you have to go to the Word. Uh, I remember at ORU years ago, I was working there before I ever knew my husband. And uh, the Lord just put this in my heart. He said, just ask me to see people the way, ask me to let you see people the way I see them. I thought, well, that's, you know, that, that's good. So I prayed that. If you don't want to see that, don't, don't pray that. Because it will break your heart. That song that says, break, your, break my heart for what breaks yours, you see people differently. Uh, and, and that's why you think true and noble, and you think you see what God sees, and you're able to, to press through to see that happen in their life. When in the natural, you can't get that. You can't be like that unless you get in the Word and let the Word be the, what speaks. Now, Philippians 2.5 says this, Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So turn to your neighbor and say, you are supposed to resemble the mind that was in Christ Jesus. That's right. You are. Mm-hmm. How many of you believe that's God's will for your life? So therefore, we would stop to think what we're stopping to think. And we would say, wait a minute, I'm not going to think that thought. Because that thought will make me anxious, fretful, concerned, worried, diminish me. I'm not going to think that thought anymore. As a matter of fact, if I can, you know how, any of you ever have your mother, my mom said this, if you don't have anything good to say, you, you have a mom or dad or somebody like that, if you don't have anything good to say, good. some people would talk a lot less and be better off. But I'm going to take it a step further. Some people could think a lot less and be better off. I think many people would be better not to think as much as they think. Now, listen to this. This is so true. And then I'll, I'll let you share. Oh, that's fine. You sure? I'm listening. Because if I share I'm too learning. long when I get home, I'll say, you sure shared a long time. No, I, she, yes. doesn't, she doesn't do that. She yeah. doesn't. Uh, I almost lost my train of thought. I did. Doggone it. talk about Second Timothy? No. It was something else that was really, really good. Come back in the name of Jesus. We do that often at our house. Anybody done that? Come back in the name. I don't know what it is. It's one of those moments they call them. I don't know exactly. 50s, whatever, you know. Well, go ahead. You do 2 Timothy. If I think about it, I'll interrupt you. Okay, 2 Timothy 1.7. God did not give you a spirit of? Did not give you a spirit of? Okay, I thought about it. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got to do it now before I forget it again. Start to go out. You don't want to miss a Wednesday night. I mean, this is like Comedy Route Central right here. <laughs> this works for me. It really does. I can tell myself what to think, and I can make myself, through discipline, think whatever I want. But if I don't do that, my mind will think without me. How many of you are like that? And the devil will come along, and he'll tell me what to think. And before I know it, if I'm not telling myself what to think, I'll start to think what he thinks. If you start singing songs, uh, what's funny about that? Singing songs, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to sing right now. I can tell how Pastor Bill's feeling by his his medley of songs. Now, he does change the words to Jesus, but, you know, some of those old songs that, you know, are melancholy kind of songs, 
How many of you have ever, you know, you just find your, out of the heart, everybody say out of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And some of those old songs, I, I do the same thing. You go back to what makes you think you feel better, but it's taking you down the lonely road of I'll get you on my way down or whatever. That number number one country western song when I was a senior in high school, I'll pick you up on my way down. <laughs> I'll never forget that song. I loved it. <laughs> I'll pick you up on my way down. But anyway, here's what I'm trying to say. Here's what I'm trying to say. You can make yourself through obedience to God and through discipline in the Word of God, you can make yourself think whatever you want. I'm a child of God. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm going from glory to glory. Oh, glory to God. I'm not anxious for anything. And you can stop and think about what you're facing. It hadn't changed a bit. But the way you view what you're facing changed totally. I'm sorry. I'm not going to interrupt you anymore. Go ahead. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but what? Power, love, and a sound mind. You know, um, it, it's true about our thought life, but sometimes uh, it's very important. Everybody say very important. To get it right. Yeah. Uh, Sunday morning, my husband opened the door to, to where I was, and he said, blah, 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 like a machine gun. I said, okay. And it was what God had just spoken to him. And how many of you know your emotions can take you down one road, but there's a critical point. Everybody say a critical point. Uh, the Lord gave me a message once that emotions are deadly. Because they'll take you away from the thought. And see, God operates by thoughts. Like when you're ministering, you know, like I'm standing there and he reminds me of that song yesterday morning. Just get that song and I, I want to do something. Everybody say a thought. See, if your emotions are in there, you think, well, I haven't practiced that and they don't know what I'm doing. And what you? No, you just, you move. And uh, sometimes it is critical because the enemy is taking a stand. And he is not playing around. He is not playing around. And just like my husband said on Sunday, I thought it was so good. He said, you know, you just, the next drink you drink, if you know, he was talking about beer and things that, that he did in his life. If you, if your next drink could make you an alcohol, it could tip you over the edge. Your next thought could take you down a road that you'll never come back from. I mean, it has happened in ministry. I have seen it time and time. A thought. And unless somebody is holding the line for that thought. Um, I heard this uh, yesterday morning when we were praying. Sue O'Brien was sharing. Uh, Gloria Copeland and uh, Billy Brim were on Kenneth Copeland's ministry on his television show. And um, she was talking about the glory. Everybody say the glory. glory. And, uh, and, and I love to hear Billy Brim talk about the glory. Some people have revelations in areas, you know, that we don't all have that revelation so we can learn. But uh, she said, you know, God loved uh, Adam and Eve a lot. He loved them a lot. But when they sinned, he had to put them out of the garden. Because if he didn't put them out of the garden, the glory on him would have annihilated the sin that had gotten on their life. You know, that's the way it is with a, sometimes you're just that close to stepping into the glory and a thought yeah. attacks your mind and it pulls you into a place where God cannot lose what he wants to lose. We're living in too critical at the time. We're living in a day where we got to know what to say. We got to know how to vote. We, we have to know what God is saying in every situation. And I believe that's why God has been sharing this with my husband so much is this Matthew 24 and 2 Timothy 3 are real. Jesus is coming. Yeah. 
He is coming for a church without spot or wrinkle, washed by the blood of the Lamb. That is a church that knows what their master is doing. And there's a scripture in one of the Gospels. It says it different ways, different times. But this is, I've had people say, when do you think he's coming? Only thing I care about is this, what it says, what I read once, it just stuck in me. When he comes, be sure you're doing what he told you to do. You only have to operate on the amount of information God has given you, but it has to be God's information. And you cannot, and I cannot, we cannot become weak and weary and discouraged. So when God corrects us, we have to be corrected and move right back into position because his glory is ready to be intensified in the earth. And we've got to be at that level where it can flow because it's in us. Say it's in me. It's in me. But we got to cooperate with that anointing that God has placed on our life. Praise the Lord. Good word. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.